Ready? Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 20-6. We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernod. Every week we listen to great video game music from the past and the present, all consoles. It's all fair game. It really is. And quite frankly, it needs to be because <laughs> honestly, my taste in music is all over the freaking place. Everywhere. But not this week. Your tastes are firmly in the pigeonhole. Of the Super Nintendo. Oh, wait, what? No. No. Oh, well, fortunately, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, how about if we, um, how about if we have someone else come on the show? Is that okay with you? You know, I, su- I, I suppose. All right. I, I'm always like, I'm always up for chatting with new friends. I'm going to call or my, old friend. I'm going to call my other best friend. Come on. <laughs> what is this? No, I just met him today. His name is Michael, or um, Home Halfway, as he's known on Twitter. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hello! <laughs> you are not Aussie! <laughs> yeah. At all! <laughs> how, how, how are things down under? Kangaroo! <laughs> they are not. He's no kangaroo. Barbecue. Fosters. <laughs> Australian for American beer. Well, it's good to have you on the show, wherever you're from. I think I think you're from America, I'm pretty sure. But uh, it's great to have you here, and we'll have your full address on the website. It's good to have me, and I'm in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, there it is. Um, so you and Purnell have known each other for some time, is that right? Uh, over 25 years. No kidding. I- yeah, that's right. Is it true? Is it true? Wait, wait what? Is this true? There's, there's yeah. been, there, what? No, there's been time. Yeah. <laughs> 19, 1994 in uh, Sweden. <laughs> 20, that, we've Shout known out each- to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've known each other for about... We made our stock house a stock home. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to go with that now. Yes, we've known each other for 25 years. That's right. We've known each other for 30, 32 years. We've known each other. Uh, Purnell was your school teacher. And, there it um, is. Yeah, you, you just did not want to pick up uh, math. And uh, but I just you know a careful. But I, so I moonlight. I also moonlighted as a janitor. So during my janitorial shifts, I tutored him in math. So not only were you his math teacher, you were also his janitor, janitor and his math teacher. Yeah. Yes. It worked out really well. He would clean the floor, then yell equations at me. It was really fun. <laughs> it, got the it was thing. really. It got the it was job great. done, didn't it? Did <laughs> it yeah, did man. It not? Floors were bleached, and you were just yelling X equals three, Y equals two, and I didn't know what it meant, but we had fun. And now he's Wall Street kid. That's right. I'm, I'm in Wall Street. I'm in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what what are some of your favorite video games like off the top of your head are you playing anything right now or anything that you've played in the past that have, has meant something to you uh i'm replaying currently tales of zilia mm. which is uh from my favorite series the tales series it's like if final fantasy was good uh it's really <laughs> nice i've been playing tales for many years and i felt like playing something great so i'm playing zilia nice. i one of my favorite games, and I hadn't played it in about five years, so I felt like doing it again. I do need to ask just because, though I haven't beaten the game yet, so no spoilers, but which character would you recommend? Milia, or was it Jade? Not Jade, or it starts with a J, I know that much. Jade? No, uh, it starts with a J whose name I don't remember because I always use Milia. Uh, I don't know who you mean. There it is. Uh, Sounds like you use Milia too. 
<laughs> that's, that's the answer. You don't even know the other over that other guy. Those other characters don't even exist, right? You mean Rowan or Alvin or... Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny or- you said because we have a mutual friend over here who plays Zillia also. And uh, when I told oh, her Lord. that I had it, I was like, I got it in my backlog. I need to start the game. She had me start playing it at her house. And it was time to choose your main, the main character you wanted to run through the game with. And she's like, you can use Milia or that other loser. He's not worth playing as. Just use Milia. I was like, okay, then. Well, I guess I will. <laughs> oh, the medical student whose name I'm completely blanking on, even though I'm playing the game almost every day. <laughs> exactly. Jude. Jude. Yep. Jude. There it is. That's who it is. Yeah, Jude's okay. <laughs> He's adequate. He's adequate. I like Elvin. He he just slashes and bashes. He's easy. That's the kind, that's the kind of party member I want. All right, tales tales of of Zeria. Is this a turn based situation? No, this is all action, baby. Oh, right, because tales games are like, yeah, I can't play these games. Yes, you could. You play fighters almost borderline professionally. <laughs> yes, you could. No, I don't think so. This guy is like. Rob will sit here and play characters where their sole method of, active, of, of play is to counter what other people do, and he's telling me he can't deal with freaking slimes on a, on a field. Uh, every time I play one of those action RPGs, I just... Slimes I, are uh, dragon kids. Yeah. There's, there's a slime-esque monster in Tales. Is there? There is. There totally is. At I least know. I know in Tales of Destiny there was, because when you oh, climb yeah. the Tower of Juaga, there's a ton of them. Jiraga? Mm. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another game. No, it's, it's it's another game, but it's also a secret dungeon in Tales of Destiny. Uh, I believe we've talked about this. Yes, we the have. secret tales of Jiraga. That's for- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yes. Well, let's listen to some music. Some great music for the Super Nintendo. This is this is going to be nice. I feel like um, we hit on some of the classic systems, but most recently we've played a lot of more modern music, or more just like um, uh, Red Book Audio or just fully recorded sound. Now we're going to listen to some great sequenced music from the Super Nintendo. And our guest has brought over some music as well that, that he would like to listen to with us. Um, Michael, did you remember the tracks that you gave me? I remember one of them. Awesome. Which one was that? <laughs> the uh, Theme of Love by Final Fantasy, because it's about to get romantic up in here. Excellent. Oh. All right. Oh, this is the Theme of Love from Final Fantasy IV for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu.
listening to the theme of love from the game Final Fantasy IV for the Super Nintendo and Super Famicom, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Thanks, Barbara Walters. We appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome, Pernell. <laughs> it's like if Barbara Walters was you, on NPR. Yes. <laughs> God, that's what happens when you drink a soleil while someone makes you laugh. It just does not go down right. Don't um, drink around me. <laughs> So yeah, I forgot how dramatic this this track gets, like halfway. I just think it's funny that he picked this track right after saying Tails was if Final Fantasy was good. Yeah, um, (laughs) first track, Final Fantasy. You got something to say about that? (laughs) No, I stand my ground very well. (laughs) I don't blame you. Their their compositions are great. Uh, Everything they've done after seven, for the most part, is is ungodly. Yeah, I can't fault you for that either. Absolutely, I'm very. I'm very relaxed when it comes to like my game plays and stuff, so I can, I can definitely acknowledge that I like like nine and ten and twelve and whatnot. But if you were to tell me where okay. my favorites lie, they're going to be six and four, and that hasn't yep. changed in all these years. Right. So, me too. I need to go back and play those because all I'm doing is playing ten. You really do a lot. Ten's <sighs> overrated. It's okay. Uh, he well, the thing is, Rob has <laughs> like my fourth. Seymour's a punk. Yeah, <laughs> well, Seymour is a punk. We no, can no. all agree with that. Seymour's a punk, and Titus is terrible. But I mean, Yuna is like I think one of the one of the best characters in the, in, the series, like in any of the games, and um, and Waka is just dumb. I like him. I like him. he's voiced <laughs> by was it John DiMaggio? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that makes he him should awesome have done himself. it. He should have done it as Bender. <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. Bender should have been Waka. Ah, Blitz boy, nothing special. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Think your dad's so hot. He ain't nothing. See, that would have been a game. (laughs) That would have been perfect. Final Fantasy, we finally lighten up. (laughs) So why did you want to pick Theme of Love? Is there something about this track that that means something to you? Or does it just take you back into the world of Final Fantasy IV? It's party, but it also reminds me of uh, Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. IV, the whole... Uh, Cecil Rosa relationship. I think it was like the first game I ever played where there was like a romance in it. I don't know, like an actual relationship, but not just you know, bard, white mage, red mage, black mage. It was actually like people and characters that cared about each other. Yeah, there was quite a storyline to Final Fantasy IV. It was pretty heavy, especially for what 1991. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that because like I feel like playing that game. I can't think of any game prior to that where I felt truly invested in the plot exception possibly being Crystallis but yeah maybe that but honestly with this game every time Kane betrays you it hits you like a sack of hammers every time someone sacrificed themselves to save the party you went no why you don't die come back and it kept happening Sid and Yang and then Kane screws you over like five times it's ridiculous and Sid again (laughs) Sid again and then Edward, and then Edward again. It's like, my the love of God, guys, keep it together. Exactly. It's like real life, you know? You just you just can't trust anybody. No, right. You, well, in that game, you could trust everybody, because they were always sacrificing themselves for you. In the real world, it's like, look here, man, only one of us is getting to this concert oh, tonight. Uh, Except I never, for sucker. I never really finished Force. I, don't, I, thought you were, I thought you guys were saying that they were, like, turning on you. Oh, no. Well, Kane, Kane did. Kane did. But Kane did, like, every 10 minutes. He's like, nah, I'm back with Golbez. And you're like, no, nah, I want to be back with Cecil. No, I really like Golbez. It really I'm going to go to the movie with Golbez, <laughs> but I miss Cecil. Like, what the hell, man? Make up your mind. And you got to say, I feel like back then, as young as I was playing that game, the second time Kane came back, I was like, look here, people. Don't One, don't take him back. We can do Who better than once? a Dragoon. 
Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, ain't happening again. What do you mean the plot narrative won't let me say no? This is stupid. <laughs> then he leaves again and he goes back on Gobez's airship and you're like, what the hell? We went to the underworld together. Yeah, we were... We've been through stuff, man. <laughs> we dealt with the underworld together. We've been through stuff. You look like a lizard man. Like, <laughs> I, I want you on my team. Yeah, but honestly, like all those betrayals and all the sacrifices... And honestly, also, even being a, like you know, early English translation, even the writing, yeah. it was just a quality product, the likes yeah. of which I feel has not really been topped in even the modern stuff. And I will say it's partly, this is going to seem like a little bizarre, but I think it's partly because it wasn't voiced. When it's not yeah. voiced, you put your own emphasis on the words and emotions. You picture how you think the characters would sound. You you, you pronounce the names the way you want to pronounce them. Yeah, it's like Titus. Yeah. <laughs> Arif. Arif, exactly. You know, Arif, 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 Arif. All right, so our next track is going to come from the game. And, oh, and shout oh, out to Tella. Shout out to Tella. That old man oh. has some spunk. Meteo broke my heart, man. He had to do it, didn't he? I feel like he... They, see, this is why these kinds of games... I'm sorry for trail off, but this is why these games need to have like weird rewrites. Um, even if it ends up leading to like weird like what-if game-overs, because it would be nice if there was like an alternate method where it's like, okay, he's going to do video, and you're like, don't do it, Telly. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm old and angry. And then Tessa <laughs> just like knocks him upside the head with like a club. It's like, well, there's no medio. Let's see what happens next. Yeah, no one's keeping you from the fan fiction for now. Yes, there is. My poor writing abilities keep me away from the fan fiction. No, that should increase it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, have you read some of the stuff that I've read? I've heard about? Oh, mercy, no. <laughs> this is the one G podcast. Do it where nobody sacrifices themselves and they're all selfish. Oh, that would be that would be interesting. Isn't that? That would be real life. Yeah, it'd be like uh, the friends. <laughs> friends, <laughs> Ross, Ross and Rosa. Kane's back and he's like, hey... <laughs> I'm imagining like Brittany is like can I be any more of a magic user that's <laughs> I can't just wait till we get to the underground <laughs> I like it Sid would have Jennifer Aniston hair absolutely oh, yeah. he'd rock it smelly chocobo smelly Fun-loving chocobo guy. what are they feeding what, you what are they feeding you Did <laughs> you really feed them Googles. <laughs> right. Chocobo, yeah. Chocobo, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, pick the next track no, no, before no, no, we no, die. Because no, 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 when they get in the airship, oh. they're like, pivot, 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 <laughs> pivot to the left. All right, yeah, I'll be amazed. All right, so our next track, I'm going to pick it first, Pernell. This is my track from Seventh Saga for the Super Nintendo, composed by Norihiko. Yamanuki, uh, Yamanu, yes, Yamanuki. <laughs> There's a lot of Yamanu. There's more ends in this that I, I, I typed more ends than there probably are in the name. Um, and the track is called Lux Tizer. I believe that's how it's pronounced. From the that's game. hot. It, it sure is. It's from Seventh Saga for the Super Nintendo. <laughs>
This is the track Lux Tizer from the game The Seventh Saga for the Super Nintendo composed by Norihiko Yamanuki. And um, yeah, I chose this track because it's, it's just very chill. It's got like this kind of weird, it's almost like a modern kind of sound to it, but also old, like an old educational video <laughs> in which we all, you know, during the break, we were all just talking about Gilbert Gottfried doing documentaries, but anyway, <laughs> it was fantastic. Don't just oh, yeah. brush it aside like it was like a like a wonder note. No, oh, no, it was and uh, Bobcat and Bobcat and Bobcat. Bobcat, you can do it together, especially Bobcat. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so just and just for the for, for context of the track that you picked. So this plays on the like when you're wandering the overworld and the main area of the game. Oh, this is overworld music? Yeah, this is overworld music. This and is some creepy overworld music. And for this game, it actually feels oh, very... Oh, Detroit. <laughs> it's like you're wandering Detroit. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it's like. Or it's like, um, um... The solar system and all of its vastness. <laughs> Here to talk to us today about Saturn and Mercury is Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> I can't even do that voice. I just can't. I wish did, I could. Did, did you know that there's more universes than there are grains of sand in the universe? It's <laughs> so perfect. Like I could totally see him doing this this entire bit. I feel like he'd have to be doing it as Greg the Bunny, though. He has to be someone holding the Greg the Bunny oh, puppet. that's what you were talking about, the puppet. I'm like, yeah, he was the puppet on that really bad show, but also wasn't bad because it was it was bad because it even... wanted to be married with children. Yeah. But it wasn't bad because I would take anything to have married with children back at that time. Did that even so, have a full season? It had like two. Two, wow. Because the wild, I hate married with children. Honestly, I don't think it's too wide. I think most, I think a lot of people do. I didn't. I wasn't into it. I mean, I I, I understand. Like, it's like um Roseanne. Like, I just I, I couldn't get into it. Like, it was it was one of those for me. It was one of those shows where I just watched it as in a sense of like, well, first of all, everybody in that show was awful. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, yeah. but when I would watch it, I looked at it as being a guy who basically just had a not so great life with the exception Ooh, okay. of the fact that Sound he was able oh, yeah. with the exception of the fact that he was able to afford a ridiculously nice house on a shoe salesman's salary but other than that his life wasn't so great yeah it's the um, the, the Simpsons thing where it's like wait you gone into space <laughs> your son owns a factory <laughs> well back in the days houses were affordable that is true and then the fire nation attacked and Springfield, you know, is the same town as like a nuclear plant. So really, how high is the property tax there? <laughs> you got a point, but they also have a quickie mark. Actually, um, where we live in Wilmington, we have like three nuclear plants like right around us. Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> it's pronounced nuclear. But, uh, <laughs> uh no. <laughs> that was a Simpsons joke. But, uh, yeah. Um, Press anyway. the any key. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying like, any day could be our last, Pernell. Just live, live every day like you have four arms. <laughs> you say that because I'm looking forward to getting those four arms. <laughs> That's right, man. You're halfway to Doc Ock. I figure there's like, if a nuclear explosion were to occur, it's like there's like that period where there's like that range between you're screwed and slow, rock, slow painful death and superpowers. And I like to hope that we are at least within the superpower range so that... I'll have something to show for it, 
I want the ability to toast pizza rolls without using the microwave. I think that would be fantastic. Well, so it's asking for everything. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta dream big. You gotta dream big. Can I get this soaring high. You're soaring high. Can I get this pizza roll powers? That's right. Activate <laughs> pizza roll powers. Activate. Mm. Right. Mm. What's your first track? Oh, I'm sorry. What's your first track? Well, <laughs> you know what it is because we somehow have the exact same game idea. Yeah. This may be the first time we've ever done this on the show. Yeah, like where our topic is really, really broad, and then we just choose from the same game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doubly so, because aside from the sound, you had no ties to the game either. So it was like no. that much broader. It's like, I think this sounds good. I was just exploring games that I really didn't know a whole lot about. And this just really caught my attention. So for you those guys who say you chose songs from the same game? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Unexpectedly. What? There's more SNS ga- SNES games than like any other console. <laughs> I know. That's where the shock comes in, right? Yeah. It's like unintended. The hell? <laughs> so for those who aren't catching on yet... This is from the game The Eighth Saga. Not really, but it should be because I want a sequel. And the title is called Lively Village, composed by Norihiko Yamanuki. <laughs> Lively Village from the game Seventh Saga, composed by Norihiko Yamanuki. And honestly, when we were talking about picking tracks for the Super Nintendo, of all the options that were made available to me, for some reason I felt compelled to go with this, because it seems like the sort of track that I know I love. In fact, it's not I sort of know. I already know I love it. Oh, it's, it's interesting. Just, this doesn't sound like a Purnell track to me. Like when, I first, when I first listened to it, it doesn't sound like one, because you're into like the rockabilly, like... What's that? The Johnny B. Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Johnny C. Bad. Johnny C. Bad. Yeah. And the thing about it is just that I'm into a lot of stuff, but for some reason, just through the way I just pick music, when I'm picking tracks for the show, I tend to gravitate towards rock type stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like a nice opportunity to go. Nah, see, Pernell's not a one-trick pony. Give him more roles. You know, I can play all kinds of characters, wacky characters like Jim Bean and <laughs> Rock Buster. I mean, all sorts of things. Do you think it's just how you're feeling in the moment? Like, this is what you wanted to listen to? Maybe. Like that, that day, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. And I got to say also, we were all, earlier we were talking about Final Fantasy IV and all the betrayal and the, the, the sacrifices and all. I want to say, if there's a game I can think of where betrayals felt the harshest, 
it was easily in Seven Saga. This game was heavy on that miss. So, just for context before I go into have either of you played Seven Saga before? Mm, not me. Not me at all. Um, no, there's too many sagas. <laughs> like, you stay at the first saga. Jeez. We're still working on the fourth. <laughs> so, like, in this game, it was a fairly typical JRPG in a sense, but it was more of a Dragon Warrior style where you were one person against the world. But there were other characters exploring the world for the same stuff you were trying to find. Now, every once in a blue moon, you might come across one of the towns. It's like, uh, hey, we're going like, to this dungeon. Like, cross, like cross purposes rather than like collaborative. Exactly. Oh, no. So every once in a while, you might see a guy go, hey, man, you want to work together and take down this tomb? And you're like, sure, let's go together. Never hurts to have a friend. And then you go into this dungeon. If it weren't for that guy, you'd be struggling through the temple. But he makes it a piece of cake. He's your best friend. Thanks for coming along, buddy. And then you fight the boss and you beat him and you get the new rune. And he goes, well, time to break them legs. He just turns to you, and a battle instantly starts. There's no time to heal. There's no boosting. And he heals up because he's a boss character. <laughs> you don't. And it usually results in a lot of torment and pain. And you're just cursing the whole time, wondering, why the heck did I take this jerk along? Oh, yeah, because I didn't need him to get this far. But now I have to beat the guy who helped me get to the become the man I am. What am I going to do? Cheat. Oh, yeah. This is quite the uh, life metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. so, as in life, you used the game genie? I did. Absolutely. Actually, no, I didn't. But honestly, if I had more time, like if I was playing it in the day, I probably would try to because it usually revolved around grinding or getting real creative with item usage and draining my entire inventory just to survive the fight. But I feel like those reasons make those betrayals more potent because not only was it narrative, but then they actually made you face consequences for agreeing to take him along in the first place. It was not great, but the game itself was actually great. So is this like the is this like the um, like the generic town theme? Um, no, nah, this is actually just the lively village. There's a bunch of different town themes oh, in the okay. game. So I always like the idea of like there's like one town theme because then you, I would imagine like every like little city you go to, there's like always like one the same guy playing like the same song, and you land there and you're like, oh, it's the same thing on the radio again. I always imagine going to these darn towns and these JRPGs and looking around and like see like the three houses and each house might have a bed in it. And then you try to imagine that this is supposed to be a bustling metropolis. Mm -hmm. How did it get to this point? How did it become a matter of three homes and a bed being a metropolis? What kind of country is this? I don't even want to know. Just sell me my ether. Or that you can just walk into people's homes and be like, Hey, how, how, are, you in, how, how are you and the kids? How's your wife doing? You know, As like, you're looting their closet. They're like, oh, I'm so so concerned about this war. Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks for the pants. I'll I can't fit them. Oh, wait, I can. I'll How'd come, that happen? I'll come back when I get lost and ask you the same questions. Would you I was like the games had like three houses in a village, but there'd be like 50 people. <laughs> they're just, they're just like, they're... what is the amount of homelessness in this town? And there aren't even options to buy anyway. What's going on? <laughs> they rotate bed usage. Yeah, that's actually the more important thing where there's like, there's not enough beds for all the characters. They're all in the street. They just rotate. Like, they just run around. Run around. Just, they're all just very minimalist, I guess. They all just crash on the street when they're done. <laughs> <laughs> they have their hoedowns in the street. They sleep in the street. There's like a tent, yeah. tent village. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand, but you never even see the tents. Where do they put the tents? They're in their inventory. They break them out when they need to heal. Oh, that's true. Or cabins if they're really serious. That is true. Those things are expensive. That's the lively life. Oh, yeah. That's if you're like super healthy and it heals everything and 
your uh, junk gets bigger and you gain a family and it's really it's amazing what you get with a cabin that's right you're it's just fantastic oh yeah I honestly I miss cabins and RPGs honestly only the first like, like a, whatever happened to my cabin <laughs> <laughs> I used to like the cabin it, it felt like you were really stepping up in the world I, you I, have I, a tent on near like the freaking like river near Gurgu Volcano and you're like oh barely healing but we're just good enough to make it through and then you're getting to the point where you're doing like the freaking mech tower you're like you know what the heck with this we're traveling heroes give me a cabin <laughs> well I like what the story like, like the story like built in your head was like that you're like these traveling band of like heroes and then like y'all like pack up into like this into one tent for the night you know and like it brings them closer together yeah, you know, it's like it. Like we've seen stuff together. And for the record, I'm just going to state this. I may have said it on the show. I don't know if I have or not, but I'm feeling especially wacky today. Uh, <laughs> it irks me that you play these games, and your party is typically written well as being the saviors, if not of the world, then at least of the town and the surrounding areas at that given time. And no one will give you anything. The vendors nope. still need to make a profit somehow. Like, look here, man. Either you give me the sword. Or they're going to ransack your entire shop, and you'll have nothing left to give. So let's make a deal. Give me some free stuff. I'm just saying. Uh, well, we're the only people that ever shop with them, so that's also kind of a problem. <laughs> Nobody else buys anything except for us. <laughs> There's no grocery store, just the weapon shop that gets no business. Exactly, and it's only the stuff at our current level. You know, they don't have stuff way below you or way above you that's unaffordable or very affordable. It's only that very specific stuff. And they'll buy back anything. <laughs> they will. They will buy back anything. I know your weapon store. I want to sell you this some some fruit. Is that okay? Yeah, I, I've been storing these eighty-eight, you know, potions that I just don't need. And they're like, I'll take them for you. You want this bow staff? I just wrenched it from the innards, the innards of a slime I fought in the sewer. I don't know what he was infected with, but you can have it for the low I'll, price of five hundred gold. I'll give you ten thousand gold for it. Oh yeah, take it. There we go. <laughs> this doesn't doesn't matter. Nobody buys from them, and they have all the money in the world to give back to you. <laughs> I, don't I, I want to live in that economy. You and me both, man. Take me to Final Fantasy. That's living. All right, speaking of economy, no, I'm kidding. The next track is not about the economy. It is about secrets. Boom. The Mila se- Mars? The secret of mana. Is it? Is it magic? Secret is that of, the secret? Secret of mana. Isn't it magic? That's the secret, right? This is the, uh, the second track that Michael picked in secret. It's it is mana. the second track that Michael <laughs> picked in secret. <laughs> the track is called Spirit of the Night, and it is composed by... Hiroko Kakuta. This is the spirit of the night. Oh, night. Oh, yeah. Well, you will be here in my arms. Spirit of tonight. Wow. <laughs> I, I wasn't going. Uh, was that Jennifer Lopez? Maybe. Uh, yeah, Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Sabbath. Sabbath. The early stuff. Was that volume four?
listening to Spirit of the Night from Secret of Mana for the SNES, composed by Hiroko Kakuta. Hiroki Kakuta. Hiroki Kakuta. Hiroki. My, my spelling has been, <laughs> like, I don't know what I did. Oh, mercy. I'm going to blame you guys because it's Spirit a... of the Night. Whoa. <laughs> Make that magic happen. That's I think, right. I mean, really, though, right? Like. They, they just stole this from Jennifer Lopez, right? They probably <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah. it would be a dream to realize if that was actually the truth. Right. Oh, my God. Busted, Kikuda. What are you doing there, buddy? <laughs> yeah, but, like, so we are talking, like, so... Goddamn like, thief. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, you said you picked this track here. Um, Like, out of curiosity, what was your what was your motivation for this one? What, what is the tick for it? This, again, just super nostalgic. <laughs> I played a lot of Secret of Mana, and I knew what I was doing like 5% of the time, but man, it was a fun game. Honestly, as long as you're thwacking things, that's pretty much the gist of the game. And as you play through the game, you get different objects with which to thwack other things with. It balances out. Um, yeah, they should have called it uh, Secret of Thwack. <laughs> <laughs> if they knew what they were doing. Well, the Secret of Thwack would be violence, and it wouldn't sell well at that point. I don't know. People like violence. And it's true. I, I play a lot of video games. Well, it's very true. I, I remember playing a few. this uh, three-player a lot um, with two friends, and we used to get in each other's way, and that caused a lot of violence. I honestly never mm-hmm. got to play this multiplayer. And I still is to this day. That's like my, like my my gamer regret. I'll call it, or one of my bigger ones is just knowing that this game had that multiplayer mm-hmm. mechanic. But my brother wouldn't touch RPGs except Lunar and Final Fantasy VII, and my other brother. Eh, so it, it was basically a matter of also my friends were all about beat em ups and fighters so they wouldn't touch these so it was just me running around the woods with my rusty sword whack thwacking things and that was pretty much the gist of it but I gotta say um, like Michael mentioned earlier that this track plays at the beginning of the game when your main character gets ejected from his town which while I admit is what you know is the catalyst to starting off the adventure that part always irked me. It really, really did. Because you're basically hanging out with your friends. They coerce you into going to this place you're not supposed to go. And then you're the one who gets knocked off the ledge onto where the sword is. And you need the sword to get home. And then you use that sword to save the mayor's son's life. You're a friggin' hero. And they're like, no, we grew up with you and everything. But you're, we don't want you anymore. Get out. Including the guy whose life you saved. The guy who convinced you to go out there and get in trouble in the first place. There's just something insulting about that. That whole setup. You know what? I disagree. I think Secret of Mana teaches you to not have friends and not care about people. Be a sociopath. <laughs> that is very true. But I don't want that. I want to be a hero. A hero. No one cares. No. <laughs> Learn your lesson, bro. Oh, no. Get out in the world. Level up. Come back. And show them what you're made of. That's right. You start <laughs> raising homes because now my sword can have fire cast on it. Just don't strike don't care about them. Throw some chickens like Link to the Past. <laughs> Raise your tail with my chicken army. That's right. And rabbites for good measure. Oh, mercy. I love this game. Yeah, I really love the, the, the field thing. I seriously had no idea what I was doing, but I beat it. Honestly, like... This is one, like I said, this is one of the games where, like, you really don't even have to. Like, you can play through it, have a good time, choose whatever weapon looks good. No, no, I I would say that if you stop halfway through and then, like, take a month off, 
Nope. And then come Done. back to it, you're lost. Yeah, you'll be yeah. lost. So lost. Yeah, but as the thing, as assuming you stop and come back, but if you just keep going yeah, if you with stick that with it, sense yeah. of not knowing what you're doing, you're just like I'm remembering now that was my problem. Like as we were um we were we were having work done on the house. We had to we had to move into an apart like a little apartment for like a week. Uh-huh. And I played this game a whole lot. Um, and I got to a good point where I was like, okay, I'll stop here. And then we had to go back. We had to do, finish up the house. And we moved back in. And I was like, what happened? I bet it was, I bet it was go to the upper lanes. And you didn't know that you had to go to a cave and do it. It was something after an ice ghost. Oh, Santa Claus. Is it Santa Claus? Yeah, it's the, the most goofy bosses in an RPG. You fight, know, a, fight a giant, he turns to be Santa Claus. But I remember playing this as a kid oh, yeah. with my friends. And, like, and like, I think all I did was like level up with them. Because we just I would, just go around and hit things. Was part of that was a big part of fun, right? Yeah, I mean that's just life. (laughs) (laughs) Going around just whacking things, just looking looking for things, eating them up, taking their gold, finding Santa Claus, eating them and taking their gold. (laughs) Look, I'm here for an adventure. I don't know what you're Uh, getting down with, Rob, but I want no part of it. I'll tell you what, I'm getting down with my next track. Oh, Segway. This track is from the game Bahamut Lagoon for the Super Famicom, composed by Noriko Matsueda. This track is called Sub Battle. Battle from the game Bahamut Lagoon, composed by Noriko Matsueda. So, honestly, when I picture a, a decent sub battle, I'm going to go with Capriati's over Subway. Yes, kind of no contest. It's a bit of a regional situation, but yeah, but never, never Subway. I feel like even though Capriati's is a Delaware branded sub company, I feel like mm. I read about them getting that like worldly accolade regularly, at least nationally, rather I should say. Um, so, like, because obviously if you're going to have a sub battle, you need to have lots of oil, lettuce, no tomatoes, because the heck with those nasty vegan. Um, you're crazy. They're, they're all wet and gloppy. No one's wet, gloppy I mean, on their stuff as I'm dropping oil all over it. I mean, <laughs> granted, I don't eat meat, so it's like, I'm not eating anything that you're eating, so. But it's the thing. There we'll are, we'll just, what we'll do is we'll just. We'll, black olives. We'll, we'll open up the sandwich and I'll take what I want and you take what you want. So you're leaving me with the bread and the meat. Yeah. That, there needs to be more. No, that's all you want, right? No. No. <laughs> there, no. I want cheese. I want olives. I want uh, d- d- mustard. I, 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 I want I want passion. I want passion on my soap. This this track has got some passion. There's, there's a lot going on in this track. That there is. There is. Um, so I'm assuming sub-battle is like like uh, maybe a secondary battle within the game. 
I don't think that this this game takes place like in you know. You might have a submarine vehicle, un- underwater vehicle, possibly. I don't know. This doesn't sound like it does. I know so little yeah. about this game that it is very possible. I know that the music is really cool. Mat- Matsueda is an excellent composer. I wanted to ask this while we have a moment here. So, Monsieur Michael, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So, if I work, so just to make sure I got it right here. So, you do like you do a lot of stuff on Twitter. You throw a lot of like zingers out. People laugh and such. And also sometimes you just kind of talk about what you want to talk about and just kind of get your thoughts out there too. Um, but one thing I've always wondered about being interested in things to inquire about, like, do you remember if there even was a point to remember when you just went from being like, I'm just having fun with this to holy crap, there's a lot of people following me now. Uh, let's see. Well, Twitter's not fun. Uh, That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's bad. I, uh, I went on Twitter initially because I always joked around, as you know, mm-hmm. and and people, our mutual friends always found it funny, and so I'm like, well, let's see if other people think I'm funny. So then I went on Twitter, and I was really awful for, like, two years, and, uh, it really bad. Like, I read my old tweets, and it's just horrible. I don't even know what I was thinking. And so, uh, <laughs> it took me a while to find my voice, let's put it that way. And, uh, I slowly got better, and slowly but surely, people started noticing and then yeah i just kind of kept growing i didn't expect it or anticipate it uh i uh I, it just it just kept going from there man it was just it was crazy it was just like that thing that rob told me about a way back where like you're just doing it and you're having fun and then one day there's just that spike period yeah where you can't even measure it it just happens yeah so suddenly there's like oh there's 10 people listening to our show we're on the world stage that's right that's <laughs> right it was like yeah that's just kept going. More and more people followed me. More people found me. I would be recommended by folks, and it just kind of kept growing over time. And then one day I'm watching Ellen, and it's like, wait a minute, I know that guy. Oh, you didn't. You knew about the Ellen episode first, didn't you? I feel like at least one of the cases where you were your face was on Ellen, I was like, wait a minute. No, you're very the very first time. No, I didn't know about it until I already saw it. Really? Yes. Wow. I was like, holy cow, that is amazing. Yeah, but, that was goofy. They, oh, that's for sure. But that's part of the joy. Like, you just say random stuff and you make, make people laugh. And honestly, in the world we're currently living in, sometimes that is the medicine that gets people through a lot of stuff. Is a good laugh here and there. It's like, oh, this day is rough. But that's funny. And I'll take it. Yeah, that's fair. Not all of my tweets are jokes, but most of them are. It's true. My account is pretty much whatever's in my head. It's just 90% of what's in my head is jokes. Yeah, I, Rob will tell you. I mean... A lot of mine is like not so jokes, but then when I have those streaks, it's like holy cow! Your uh, Facebook is honestly like, well, I had a dream today. Then it's like, well, I drove into work today. Well, going to the gym today. I'm like, well, I know exactly what Pernell's doing right now. Right now, <laughs> including that guy who was stalking for two weeks. But, <laughs> but like every once in a while, I have like my moments where I'm like, that's as he feel ridiculously silly, and I want to outright express it. And I have a little bit of dark humor too, which some people don't like. And I can understand that for sure. But for me, it's almost like the way that I deal with a lot of rough stuff, too. It's like, okay, I can take this and make it humorous. It feels a little bit better to digest it now. I feel great. You know, I think humor is a spectacular way to get through rough times. And like I said, I know that you know Twitter can be a, a bit of a, a bit of, can be a major annoyance. Yeah. But I can outright say flat out that 
I've read your tweets a lot of time. I'm like, I don't know. I know this I mean, guy. I'm like, I'm glad to read because that made me laugh. They, they won't too. give a Twitter account to just anybody, right? Yes, they will. No, of course not. <laughs> My dog has a Twitter account. I don't That's have a dog. hundred grand to get a Twitter account. Oh. <laughs> so you're telling me go to 7-Eleven and pick up a chocolate bar, mail it into Twitter, and I'm sold. Yeah. That's it, man. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. So easy. They're just, they're, right? They're, right? They're, People make it so complicated. They're low on chocolate. You get them chocolate. Yeah. And you're verified. Bam, you baby. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what's your final track? All right. So my next track is going to be... Yeah, I feel like I need to make this the track. This is a different one. So um, this is from the game Contra 3, The Alien Wars. And the track title is from the stage, stage 5, Nesting in the Sands. And I have a number of composers. I don't know which one did this specifically, but I have Miki Higashino, Masanori Adachi, and Topi Iwase. I'm pretty sure this this one is Miki Higashino. I uh, like that. Yeah, it's 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 a this is a good this is a good soundtrack. It's actually. a feel good OST. Feel good. Perfect OST. for the stress. <laughs> yeah, this is another stressful game. All right, stage five. <laughs> song so i did the change in the middle of it this was from mystical ninja track is tyler's tank mountains composed by shigeru yeah you know you want to turn it up (laughs) so just to get the rhythm right and not rhythmically just stated this is track is from the game the legend of the mystical ninja titled tengu mountains composed by shigeru araki yusuke kato saiko miki and yasumasa kitagawa and this was a very spontaneous pick because the track I announced prior to coming into this was a dupe from our very first episode, and I forgot. But I always come prepared with 55 spares, so no worries That's there. Right. Yeah, you always come in with like a, like a, yeah, just like these, oh. these, these uh, spiral notepads and post-its. That's the play, like, man. Like you come in with like some kind of crazy, like you're a conspiracy theorist, and like here's like on the wall you have like charcoal and you're like drawing line to line to line. I have all the news right here that just that indicates that Sony and Nintendo work together on an expansion for the Super Nintendo. It goes from Chrono Trigger to Tenchu Stealth Assassins and <laughs> I have all the notes to prove it. All the connections are there. <laughs> no, this is great. The, uh, the Mystical Ninja games, these are amazing, amazing soundtracks. Uh, the Mystical it's a uh, Goemon, right? Mm-hmm. Gamberi Goemon. Of course, in America, back in the original release of this game, they didn't think that Americas could handle a name like Goemon and Ibisumaru, so we got Kid Ying, <laughs> Dr. Yang. He had a PhD, or was it an MD? I don't know. But... We're, I don't know. We're not racist. It's the 90s. <laughs> it's really what It was like <laughs> such a terrible naming schema. And I was so glad that when the HD4 version came out they fixed it right so, up i mean if this was one of the goemon games which um like was this like one like one in the series in japan i wanted this i don't want to say this is the first because i'm pretty sure there was some yeah. like an nes game before the super nintendo version yeah. it was just the first one that came, and actually, yeah the first one that came to the states only one being on the super nintendo um but 
this track has resonated with me from the day I played it, and it stuck with me throughout up until the present. It was a fantastic co-op game to play with friends. You could always screw each other over, as far as like stealing each other's money when they beat, beat guys down. Oh, or beat I, I love these, cats. these co-op beat them up co-op platformer games that just get in each other's way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's so much fun. And then this track in particular was on a level that gave me a lot of grief. Right now, um, was it unnamed, was it Untitled Goose Game is a really big hit. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about how um, how mischievous the goose is. He steals your flute and eats your radio or whatever he's doing out there. But the original, myth, the original mischievous animal was the monkey. And this level <laughs> was riddled with mischievous monkeys that drove me bananas. Yes, I did not intend that, but it came out that way anyway. And... This level just consists of this ridiculous boppy track and monkeys squeaking and chirping and throwing rocks at you and thankfully rocks at you and just being a complete nuisance. And I loved every minute of it. Also, this game had like grottiest mini games, painting mini games and horse race betting. Yeah, I know the the future ones in the series I know of have like a lot of like there's even the bosses are like multi like leveled and there's like Mm -hmm. lots of cool stuff going on. It's a fantastic, hilarious series. Really cool series. Have you ever played any of the Mystical Ninjas, Michael? Or like the Super Nintendo one? I have not. I've never heard of them. Oh man, that could honestly I feel like if you do emulation at home and all when you're like relaxing or something every once in a while. Look into this one. I feel I feel like this might be something you just to get a kick out of. Aside from this terrible naming scheme that they went with back in the day, the game surprisingly holds up well from a humor perspective and also a fun perspective. It's not complicated, real simple. It's really cartoony, which is cool. Like, oh, like, yeah. but like in a fun like like in a really like it executes it really well. Not like um it's not, slapsticky. Not, yeah, not like on the Nintendo where like rockin' cats are supposed to be cartoony, but oh, it just geez. didn't look that great. Yeah, in this game, when, when your character gets hit, it goes <laughs> like a like a slapstick sound. You took you took a whack. I'm just using the word thwack a lot. This yeah, episode. that's that's okay. I'm, a, I'm you a, are. I'm gonna allow it. <laughs> it's the best. You should. Word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fun graphics and actually being fun is a nice contrast to. Uh, if you played that uh, teacup game? The one on uh, the sale, like 1940s type uh, graphics to it. It's like oh, a cuphead. In- yeah, cuphead. Yeah, that game is brutal. Like it's a fun Jesus. game to play if you're down for challenge, but if you're not in it for the challenge, the graphics totally do not go well with how difficult it is. No, it totally messes with you. I just picture someone being like, "Oh wow, look, this is like a cool cartoon. I love growing. I'm gonna buy this game right now, sight unseen." And you're like. What the heck? Why am I getting my butt beat by a flower that's dancing the cha-cha? What's that's going exactly on? what happened. <laughs> that whole game is a prank. It really is. <laughs> it's a prank. <laughs> that's funny. Like, there's some brutal ball. Like, there's like I think, I think one of my favorite ones as far as like how cartoony but difficult the are is like there's a boss fight when you're in a casino and you fight a pair of boxing frogs. One is short and one is oh, tall. Yeah. Yeah. It was like probably one of the harder early fights I got into. I think at one point one of them turned into a slot machine. Even it's a yes. very weird battle. It's funny because this music really fits and that hard, aesthetic. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really does. I love cartoony games. Oh, and then the second one, of course, was that weird ice cream castle that chased you and barfed a gumball machine. It was <laughs> so weird. I think you're talking about dreams again. Little column A, little <laughs> column B. I didn't get that far. <laughs> See, that's what guys. I'll have to come out there and visit one of these days, and we'll just like sit down and play it, and we'll get stuck at the same part no, I'm no, stuck no. at at home. You watch Pernell play it, and then you can actually see all the parts of the game that you missed. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I do. Works for me. Stress free. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna turn this track down, all the way down. 
down, down, down. And we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and deep cut arrangements based on our theme. And salami. And salami. Wait, what? Hell yeah, Salani. Back on the sub battle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... I've never left. What are you talking about? I'm going to go with this game because we've already heard some Secret of Mana. So this is from um, Chrono Trigger, the Brink of Time arranged soundtrack. And so uh, composed by Yasunori Mitsueda, but arranged by Hiroshi Hata and Kauta Ashtsuki, known as Guido. I guess the name of their their ensemble. I'm just picturing a guy snapping his fingers and flicking a knife. Yeah, this um, this is the uh, the title track from the arranged album, "The Brink of Time," from Chrono Trigger Arranged. Boom, ba, boom, boom. You're listening to Rhythm and Pixels Radio. <laughs> this was The Brink of Time from Chrono Trigger, The Brink of Time Arranged, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda and arranged by Hiroshi Hata and Kauto Atsuki. I have to say, mm-hmm. that was quite an exquisite piece. It did. It, can, felt, it felt it 
felt it in here, in my heart. I know. Somewhere past my soul. I'm not quite sure how far past it was, but it was there, man. Pernell. It was great. Keep it down. Hold your excitement inside. I'm trying as hard <laughs> as I can. Um, anyway, I I love the smooth jazz. I I ain't gonna front. <laughs> you ain't gonna front, huh? Okay. Stop it. No, I really like the smooth jazz. Um, this I, I really enjoyed that arrangement. I, I like a good flute solo. Nobody asked, but thanks. <laughs> Stop. All right, Pernell, what's your what's your bonus round track? My bonus round track ain't that funny. Five's gonna be Five uh, Sassy. <laughs> boss Battles Metal Remix from the game Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. And it was a compo or remixed or covered by God Metal.
Yeah, I snuck that guitar in there. You didn't think it was going to show up, but then, boom! Uh, that was a good mosh pit, guys. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, got a little bit of blood coming out my nose. That means we know it was successful. That was a Oh, that's right. Hit. I dislocated a shoulder. I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the boss battle metal remix from the game Luthia 2, Rise of the Sinestrals, done by the ever-excellent God Metal. If that's not how it's pronounced, someone feel free to correct me because I want to know. I don't know, but that's one of my... It's the internet. Nobody corrects anybody. <laughs> Except for all the time. No, no. We, no. Uh, for the experts. No, we're not. No, um, we're not. no that's one of my favorite like game tracks like ever. Like it, it's, it's just so good. That and the, uh, the boss music. Now, this is the boss music. Okay, this, this, the, this, the Battle 2 music. There you go. That's what it was. Like, this is a, this is a track from the game that really good. I've always liked it from the moment I heard it, but I hadn't owned the game mm-hmm. proper, so I had a buddy that also lives in Chicago who would rant and rave about how amazing Luffy or Tours, and then eventually he convinced me to go out and give it a shot myself, and I think that was the thing I most looked forward to when I booted it up was I could finally hear this song within context of mm. the game, and it did not disappoint Metal or non-metal, this track is one of the all-time SNES greats for me. And I think the fact that it came from a lack of nostalgia speaks volumes for how good I think it actually is. Yeah, it's, it really stands up on its own. Well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the band camps and sound clouds and web pages everywhere where you can download the music, buy the music, and support the artists. For joining us on episode 20-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, our super nostalgia with Michael. 20-6. No, I was saying, I'll tell you later. You'll tell me later. Yes. I misspelled what? it. What? Share with the class. <laughs> well, I'll have to edit. Well, I was basically making sure you didn't say your, your full name. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Michael Obama. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> That's right. Thank you <laughs> He's like for that having me on. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate much. it. Yes. And uh, had a good time. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us for you know for a little while tonight, listening to some classic game tunes and getting stupid. This has been a fantastic man. This yeah. has been a great episode. Thank you so you much for me. hanging out with us. No, you owe me. What do I owe you? I'm, by presencing your home for beers and games? Yes, we can do it, baby. That's right. You owe me big for being on this thing. That's right. That means I'm going to play through Cuphead at your house. You got it. Deal. I'll just watch you suffer while you play it. <laughs> I can live with that. Well, can you, uh, can you tell our I'm listeners? I'm not playing that damn thing. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and maybe um, some stuff that you're uh, you're doing in the near future? I'm not going to tell them where they can find me, but I can tell them where they go find my accounts. Find you online. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Totally I just want to be very clear. <laughs> of course. I'm home underscore halfway on Twitter, uh, and I also uh, run uh, Spitfire Comedy Show here in Chicago. I don't perform, so it's really great. It's the the fourth Thursday of every month, and it's at IO Chicago, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. We get some of the best comics in the country every month. I don't know how, but that's actually true, and it's been a lot of fun. We've nearly sold out every month, so uh, get to my goddamn show. (laughs) Spitfire Comedy Show. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, MySpace, Friendster, High Five. It's everywhere. Well, we'll have links is to it? the Friendster and MySpace pages. But on is website. it on Google Plus? Be or Yellow. 
It's on Google Plus. Uh, it's not on Yellow, but it's on Zanga. Oh, okay. Oh, Zanga. That's good. That's why I'm yeah. rocking. I heard about you guys on Club Penguin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. We, we started getting on uh, Club Penguin, and uh, next we're going to make an Angel Fire page. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, it's party time, man. We're everywhere. I love it. Well, if you'd like to uh, learn more about... Uh, no, if you'd like to get in contact with us, Robin Purnell, if you have any um, track suggestions or topic suggestions, or if you're in a band and you'd like for us to hear more about you, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you'd like more information about our show, full track listing from all of our episodes, and access to all of our older episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Check us out on all of the social media platforms. Most of the conversation's happening on Facebook, um, it's, it, but we're also on Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. All of our um, episodes are posted up there as well. We also have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. And if you'd like to support the show, just tell people about it. You know, I keep telling you uh, that holidays are coming up, right? Um, Halloween is coming. When kids come to the door, instead of giving them candy, you give them a uh, URL, USB sticks with episodes. Your favorite episodes. Of your favorite episodes. Put it yeah, no, they'll ever bother you again. <laughs> no, they'll bother you. They'll bother you with more recommendations for fantastic beats. And this is the only way that people are going to get to know our show is just... Just random USB sticks shoved in apples. In, in this a- inside apples. Throw them at cars that drive by. It's okay. <laughs> you live once, guys. Uh, we do, we do Just graffiti. throw. I also want the driver of the car to live more, a longer once. <laughs> so well, it, you have to aim, obviously. <laughs> oh, jeez. So you can also support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. Uh, there you get access to a live recording of our episode once a month. And we also like to give you a shout out at the end of every episode. So we'd like to thank that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Check them out on uh, Instagram at One Up Funk. Uh, check out Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray. Switching it up, huh? Yeah, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Um, new, new, uh, new, 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 Gabo, Gabo. New, uh, new Patreon member Alexander Propfoot, Davy Cakes, the the dude, that dude, you know, Duderino, a dude. The Last Weekend. Also new Patreon member Bedroth, Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, Chris Steenerson. Alex, the messenger, messenger, patron saint of all VGM podcasts, and David Smith, who I am, after about two years of getting his name correct. So thank finally, you, thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. All that, um, all that therapy really paid off. Really, to get that out there, you got it right. <laughs> it really keeps us going. And in the next month, we're going to have some special content just for our fourth anniversary and for our um, 200th episode. So we just we'll, need to figure out what the heck it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's going to be some fun stuff. We're also going to have some stuff freely available to just everyone, probably some live streams and, and some goofiness. Um, but yeah, that'll all be available online. So thanks, everyone. Also, listening. I just realized something. What's that? I think <laughs> I think due to how this episode will come out, by this, the time this episode actually hits, I believe we'll have just hit our 100,000th download. That's right. So 100,000 downloads is kind of crazy bizarre yeah 
scary. I love downloading. <laughs> Stop all the downloads. <laughs> that is our show. I'm a computer. <laughs> oh my god, don't get started on that. <laughs> so our last live show, like we just stopped doing everything and just started watching those on YouTube because it was just like I remember those. They were once a year. Still, I watched all of them. And I know. There's like they're there's, still they, good. They're still funny. Oh, they hold up beautifully after what twenty years? Yes. 20, oh. It was pretty YouTube. It's pretty YouTube. That's right. Oh my god. It was e-bombs, I think. Hey, yeah, I think you're right. E-bombs world. Hey, we're I talking about was. the uh, the GI Joe um, uh, P- fake PSAs. They're just so ridiculous. Yeah, it's like. Have it's, you seen my purse? It was just it, over, over. It's there. Cartoon Network <laughs> Adult Swim comedy before Adult Swim. You know. And it was gold. Yeah. It was gold. Give him the stick. Don't give him the stick. Don't give him the stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Fernell. I want to thank Michael for joining us on the show. Mike's thank Mike, thanks again. And Michael. 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 Mike's. Mikey. <coughs> Mikey <Kicks. laughs> Michael. Michael. You're welcome. You thank owe me. I told you, Cuphead, you got it, bro. <laughs> Good deal, you got it. All right, thanks that for listening. Bloweth over. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. And remember, video games are all about having a good time and having fun with them, enjoying it by yourself or enjoying it with your friends. And while it is cool to have a decent knowledge or level of quote unquote expertise in the hobby, in the day, it's only relevant in the sense of just general conversation, having fun. Frank can play a lot of games with very little games, but at the end of the day, it's all about just enjoying what you do play and having fun with people who have a common interest, the same common interest as you do. Don't be that jerk who wants to flaunt over people and claim that they just aren't as, I don't know, accredited as you are. Because it ain't worth it. You're wasting everyone's time, including your own. Just have fun, talk shop, and be cool. That's what it's all about. I want a sandwich, a sub, a good sub Thank with you for oil. Yeah, you need, you need dinner. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's Have right. It.